that. Yeah. Like, See, I have no problem with swearing and I don't have any kids. Yeah. But like, it's kind of a weird thing that you have to maybe have to maintain, oh, well, other people don't want swearing with their kids, so you can't go around. Yeah, but there's, uh, you know, there's something slightly unattractive about children who are think? six going around the go- place going, fuck in the fuck. <laughs> and I live in the inner city, like in Dublin one, and that happens. So you kind of go, okay, yeah. I think yeah. I will keep the uh, cursing to a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> But would you give out to her if she... No, what we we tend to do is, like, you know, she, 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 she wouldn't be really around it so much. So, like, if she does say something like that, you just kind of ignore it. Because if you make a big deal out of it, then it becomes a thing, you know? Yeah. Like, for example, she started saying that art was the only thing she cared about. And because we were like, ah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Who the fuck's kids say that at five, you know? It just became a thing. So now she says it all the time. She's like, yeah, that's all. I just care about art. I don't care about my socks or my shoes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny, like, but that's what happens with cursing. Wow. Yeah. Well, you'll never guess what our cursing guest does for a, <laughs> for a living. Um, this week on the show, we have artist Michelle Brown. Welcome to Trivial Cahoots. Thanks. Thanks. Um, you may notice, a, uh, listeners may have noticed a silence, an American silence. Annie's running late, so she's just going to run in at some point and we're going to pretend like she's been here the whole time. And she's just been really quiet and we'll just um, just c- carry on talking and just make sure make her like jump in and uh, try and pretend like she's part of the conversation. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> One of the things I was thinking on my way here, Michelle Brown, is that I don't know if you have this. Here, here's my question to you. Do you have people's names that you insert into songs? For example, I insert your name into a song. There's a song, uh, Bring On The Dancing Horses by Echo and the Bunnyman, which has Jimmy Brown. Jimmy Brown. But I, whenever I think of Michelle Brown, I'm always like, Michelle Brown. <laughs> I do not do that, but you that's do beautiful. That. I'd like to hear also, like a whole verse of that song. <laughs> I can't remember. Bring on the dancing horses. I can't remember the rest of the song. But uh, there's a song by Simon and Garfunkel called Richard Corey, which I always sing in my mind. Peter Crawley. Yeah, I could see how that would work. Actually, yeah. that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. I'll think of that every time I walk past him now. Yeah. Yeah. Peter Crawley. So you don't, there's no. No, I don't do that. I don't do that. No. Oh. But you know, it's also probably because I'm useless at lyrics for words. I like singing along R- to things. Remembering but the I lyrics. don't remember the lyrics quite often. Yeah. So I have a tendency to be like, no, 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 I'm really good at faking it, actually. <laughs> really good at faking it. So sometimes my partner would be like, how do you know the words? I'm like, no, I don't really. I'm just, <laughs> you know, I'm just going along with it and I can kind of guess what the next word is. But it's going in and out the other way. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't really. Like, I'll remember lyrics to songs, but then have never actually sat there and tried to think what the song is about. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a thing. But, you know, I, I don't know, maybe 15, 16-year-old angsty teenage boys, I think they, like, take the yeah. lyrics really seriously. I then. used to do that, you know? yeah. I would yeah. get the sleeve of of Zuropa and read all the lyrics. I'm like, what is this? Mm, what is this about? What are they saying about the what world? Is saying? Yeah. But... Yeah, I don't think I still didn't understand what Bono was saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's, what was I going to say about lyrics now? 
Awkward pause. Awkward pause. Oh yeah, I I learned recently learned how to play Faith by George Michael on the guitar. And so only kind of discovered what that song is about. Like, you know, I pretty much know all the lyrics, but I just didn't actually piece them together by singing it myself. Yeah. There yeah. is something about having to sit down and learn a song that yeah. makes you go, oh, right. Oh, yeah. oh, right. Okay. Like, for example, for yeah. a long time, I was like, I, you know, hearing the 212 by Azalea Banks on the radio for a while. I was like, I fucking love that song. No idea. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I still love that song, but shit, I didn't know. You know, I was like yeah. saying it to my nephew or something, going, "This is a great song." It's like twelve. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I should have listened a bit well, closer. <laughs> I think I've brought, I've told this on the podcast before, but a friend of mine was um, to, teaching drama to transition year kids, fifteen, and she said, "Okay." Then part of it was a dance routine that she, that she was going to show in front of all the parents, and they, she said, "Okay, what song do you want to do?" And they said, "The two one two." And it was only like the day before or something that she was telling a friend, it was like, yeah, so then we're going to do a dance routine to the 212. And the friend was like, you what? You can't do that. <laughs> no. That's amazing. Yeah. Nice. Was she teaching them pole dancing at the same time? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was very raunchy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pole dancing for uh, eight to 12 year olds in front of your parents <laughs> to the 212. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, um, but you, have you ever produced anything any art that was so raunchy that like you didn't want your relations to see it or anything um not really um there was a piece that i made a few years ago where like i had the there's kind of this kind of like a dress contraption but it came from the floor so like my whole body was pretty much covered except for the bottom of it was kind of at like a dress and it was attached to these pulleys and um so you had to kind of like pull the pulley. There were chocolates on these plates that were on these kind of like um, fancy pulleys. And you yeah. had to pull it down. If you wanted to get one of the chocolates out of the thing, you had to pull the pulley down. Right. But it made my skirt go up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't remember inviting any of my family to yeah, that one when yeah, I did yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, but, but no, not really, you know, like not, not really. Like if you're going to do it, you got to. Except so what was the reaction you were getting there? Like, because it's like, oh, I want a chocolate. And then your skirts come, comes up. For some people, it's like, oh, my gosh. And some people, it's like a bonus. Yeah. yeah. I, I, like, I suppose I was interested at the time in thinking about, like, voyeurism and kind of um, the way that sometimes that's often hidden and um, kind of putting that out into like a kind of a performative situation how there's kind of a voyeurism inherent in 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 kind of watching performances and quite mm. often performances that are are very kind of um where the performer gives very a lot of themselves yeah right? so i suppose i was kind of interested in that oh god it was a long time ago i don't totally remember but i wanted to kind of associate this kind of um, pleasurable thing, kind of uh, experience of eating this, right. thing, uh, of yeah. this chocolate w with this act of, of viewing and kind of playing around that. But it was interesting because in one place that I did it, they, um, the audience kind of started to work together. So they all started to kind of pull them at the same time so that it was like, it was just like moving up and up. And like I was, I couldn't, wasn't kind of in control at all of it because yeah. I was like inside the piece. I couldn't see 
who was doing what or like so yeah <laughs> like literally kind of like an object in the space you know so it was kind of it was really interesting experience because quite often there was lots of tentative movement of the thing but then there was this group kind of right we're going to do this and we're going to do it properly kind of thing yeah um, which was uh, an interesting uh, experiment i suppose mm. yeah it's interesting when unexpected results like that turn up mm. um it, may, it makes me think of um, this candid camera thing that um, Mike Murphy and his show used to do, where they would do a follow, my lead, follow the leader thing, where they would just pick someone random on the street and they would just start following them. And one by one, they were kind of spread, ar- sp- spread out around the street. So like one person would start following them and just walking like them and, uh, and uh, yeah, copying their motions and pausing at the traffic lights or whatever. But they found they were doing it and then they had like, you know, four or five actors and then they found that normal people would just start joining in no as way. well. Yeah. yeah. Just start following in as well. Yeah, it's interesting what people will join in in. Uh, like, as I've done, uh, like, curated lots of um, kind of performances around Dublin City and there was, um, there was one performance by a guy called Paul Timoney that was kind of like a protest. Yeah. And um, he provided the placards and you can oh, protest yes. whatever you want. Now, this is like in 2006. So it yeah. was like when everything was great and there was hardly anything to give out about in a way. Yeah. And, um, um, it, but it was very funny, like, because, you know, there'd be, there'd be a group of people who decide like whatever. And then all of a sudden, just more people would join and they'd be like, start giving out. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, yeah. Well, we're just joining, you know, it's like yeah. this kind of sense of wanting to be part of something, you know. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know Paul, and um, I was yeah a party to those protests back in the day. Oh my god, he's hilarious! He's yeah, a very yeah, funny guy. Yeah. We've been I've been trying to get him on the show, but he's pretty useless. So yeah, well, I'll be up in Dublin in three weeks' time, and oh, I don't know now if Will can <laughs> can oh, Amanda come as well? Though. Yeah, yeah, Amanda can come as well. Just <laughs> just make it your business to be here. But yeah. yeah, you always have an interesting conversation with him, though. That's the thing. It's worth the sh- <laughs> yeah. it's worth the wait. Yeah. yeah, well, I've known him since college, and yeah, we used to do things like um, I, I I don't even know if it translates, but. I was standing talking to him one day and this Harry Krishna came up to us and wanted to talk to us about God and just Paul was just asking them questions but uh, they were just so funny like he just went through every religion and said like is this your thing so it's like so yeah so you believe in like the elephant god is that you no that's not us no no so right is it Allah is that your one like no that's not us no 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 it just went on and on uh, and is it like Nirvana you're trying to get to? no that's not that's not us again no it's not yeah he's hilarious he's out there like um you know impacting young people's minds like doing all these storytelling <laughs> yeah. can you imagine what yeah they leave thinking oh. yeah yeah wild imagination yeah the story of mr spud or something some like potato man the, wo- the potato story oh the old woman and her potatoes yeah very yeah. funny yeah which is online i think he's made a video of that yeah there's a lot of for paul timoney Videos potato woman old woman and her potatoes whatever it was yeah an absolute or classic. <laughs> i'm trying to have my breakfast that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> oh that's it's yeah. so funny he's he, yeah i'm trying to have my breakfast it's so the 1980s when i watch it i just go god it's so the 1980s the cornflakes by the bowl of cornflakes yeah yeah absolutely um 
So what, do you have any artists that we could see right now out in the world? Yeah, at the moment there's um, an exhibition on in County Mayo that I'm showing as part of. Yeah. It's across five venues around the county and it's called Kathleen Lynn Insider on the Outside. And so Kathleen Lynn was... um, a doctor and she was highly involved in the 1916 Rising. So they mm. asked a group of artists to um, make work in response to her to kind of like, you could kind of pick any aspect of her life really. Yeah. And so um, I'm showing in the Ballon Art Foundation in Ballycastle. And I I was interested in the fact that she, she um, ran for public office. So she was one of the, like after Countess Markovic in the 22-23 election, um, she was elected to the Dáil, but she didn't take her seat because she was anti-treaty. Yeah. And then she went on to be a councillor in Dublin Corporation um, before she kind of dedicated herself to St. Dalton's, which is this hospital that she set up to kind of um, provide healthcare for, for um, children and kind of particularly children from disadvantaged areas. Mm. And she was really influential and also kind of like campaigned for around kind of... Um, vaccinations and uh, you know she she did like really amazing things there's actually a kind of a campaign for her for the new children's hospital to be named after her because of her influence but um i guess i was kind of interested in thinking about what it is that brings women into politics and yeah. particularly now and I, th- I feel like now is a interesting moment with the the quotas just being brought in and kind of what impact that'll have on how people get involved so i interviewed Loads of women who um, have been or are involved currently in um, in politics as a public public representative, so people who are running for election or have been elected, or um, so um, to kind of talk to them about their motivation for getting involved. What were the kind of issues that brought them into kind of political activity, and then to run for for public office, um, and then to think about. Um, kind of the people who support them along the way and how how important actually that that is mentoring process is in bringing people into politics but i also kind of was focusing on kathleen lynn's kind of opposition to article 41.2 of the constitution which is the article that designates the special place of women in the home she was very opposed to this with a group of of women at the time um, w- when the constitution was written, this was in '36, and it was published and or instated in '37, and they felt that it was kind of not acknowledging the work that many women were doing to support their family outside of the home. So many women did work, and yeah. I suppose it's one of those things that even Bell Hooks talks about that this idea of women want to coming out wanting to come out of the home to work. This kind of um, hmm. That was a big issue for fem- for feminists in the 60s, particularly in that kind of second wave. But actually, lots of working class women were already working outside of the home to support their families. And that was just a thing that they were doing. So they felt that by putting this clause in the Constitution, it was kind of trying to put women back in that place. Yeah. But also ignoring all of the hard work that they had done during the... Um, during the the rising and the civil wars and their political activity and the work that they that kind of work that they were doing outside of the home so i was kind of thinking about that and asking them about um issues or campaigns that they might have worked on from home so thinking about the home as a site where political activity also happens and that you know from my experience of having having had children and becoming a mother actually politicized me in a way because it it makes you far more aware of how you live in society and you have to become 
much more part of society and access yeah. certain um you know services and it becomes very apparent yeah. kind of what's not there you know yes yeah things yeah which yeah, i'm sure i'd be oblivious of somebody's at the door Hopefully it was Annie uh, that I've yeah. just buzzed in. I didn't even check. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, cool. So that is. So that's on that's on display at the moment in the Bang Glen Centre uh, yes. Art Foundation in Ballycastle in Mayo, and that'll be up until the twenty fourth of April. Yeah. And then um, it's going to be shown in Temple Bar Gallery uh, in the show that'll oh, run cool. over the summer that'll open on the first of July or the second. Oh great! Yeah. First Super. Mm-hmm. And what is there anything that? Is it just something personal or is there, do you find something that kind of unites the art you make? Like, do you find, oh, I keep, I keep going back to this kind of thing or. Yeah, or I is think. it's just whatever comes along next? Like, I, I'm really interested in people actually. Um, right. So, and yeah. I'm very interested in kind of how people interact with each other and whether that's in kind of formal settings or informal settings. So I think somehow that's, at the core of kind of what I do, but I'm really interested in how we're, how society is organised and how kind of people try to work in and around kind of d- structures that exist, you know. So a lot of the earlier work that I've made would have looked at kind of public spaces and how we use public spaces mm. and the provision for um, certain things or people within um, public space. So I'm kind of interested in the, in those kinds of things. So I suppose. Yeah, how we coexist is like is kind of what I'm interested Did in. Did you do some of the writing on the ground that's just over there? Yeah, the Clarendon yes. Street project. Yes. So I um, I was invited to um, join the Grafton Street design team f- um, that is part of Dublin City Council. So um, I think it was the first time that they had ever kind of done a project cross-departmentally so that they had people from planning, architecture, parks, water, roads, Mm. you know, all these different departments come together to think about how they might redesign or think about kind of um, the public spaces of this particular quarter of of the city. So from... um, Georgia Street down, but not including Georgia Street, all the way over to uh, possibly Westmoreland Street. I'm not, they were, you know, because of the Lewis, all that has to be kind of considered as well and properly revamped. So all right. the little side streets off Grafton Street and the, um, you know, Wicklow, Wicklow Street and um, South William Street and Drury Street, all those kind of things. So they piloted a project on Fade Street. So the layout of Fade, Fade Street and kind of how they think about the way that people move on the paths and yeah, what kind of yeah. provision should be on the paths and the planting and all that stuff. That was kind of their idea of a temporary project um, to think about how they might lay out the rest of those streets. Mm. And so we, when we were thinking about Clarendon Street, basically they were kind of going, okay, Grafton Street has something something stupid like 10,000 people walk down Grafton Street every hour. It's like really a lot, yeah. a lot more people than you think. And... Um, they were basically when they were going to start the works on that road, they were kind of saying, right, we're going to have to find a way to get people to kind of move off that street and maybe want to walk down some of the other streets that they wouldn't. And Clarendon Street is one of those streets that people don't use. It's not as populated as the other ones. Yeah. Probably because of kind of 
you know what's on the street because a lot of things back onto it so like let's say yeah it's the back end yeah exactly and um so and and also the buildings are quite high in the way that the Mm. light hits those streets isn't always the most beautiful Um, yeah like there there are kind of certain um elements to it so we were trying to think about how we might make clarendon street more attractive for people to walk on so they had to um they wanted to expand what they call the pedestrian offer, which basically means put in more paths. I loved that. I was really, I love the way they talk about certain things because it became really apparent when I started working them with them that the kind of words that I would use might be the same words that they use, but they didn't mean the same thing to us. <laughs> so like example of like this idea of temporary, a temporary project for them is five years or something and a temporary project for me might be three minutes, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and so it was kind of thinking about how, how you work around language and how you work around the way yeah. that they think about, about spaces. Um, so yeah, the, the, that project then kind of came out of that and thinking about how we might make it more attractive. And I worked with um, uh, graphic designers called New Graphic, who I'd worked with before on, on another project, to just think about how you might m- kind of create a kind of pathways that might suggest other kinds of movements and draw people into it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, I think we heard a voice pipe up there. Annie's uh, finally... I snuck in. <laughs> Apologies She's to Michelle and yeah, I was a I was a model this morning because that's my other life that maybe some people don't know that I do. No, I was a, a head model for my niece who is doing her final exams today in hairdressing. Mm. So um, yeah, it was a lot of teacher analysis on my head <laughs> yeah. like, that took longer than. Turns out, cutting hair is really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, are they graded, um, are the, are the results graded as in, are you like an easy head or a tough head? Apparently I'm a tough head. Really? Yeah. And apparently like the cut that I wanted was like, it's not, it's not easy. Huh? Yeah. So I didn't even, I had to leave even before it was kind of like officially finished. But the teacher gave it the thumbs up. <laughs> wow. Wait, so I was like, it's cut. It? it's cut. It's cut. It's done. She's it's, still it doing is it done. now She just you. wanted she wanted to do more sty- styling stuff to make it look hipper. But I think it looks good. So thanks very much for saying that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, she, I'm very very proud of her. This is her. Yeah, yeah her, she's been doing three days of full exams, and this was her last mm. day, final exams. She used to do a cut and a color, on, in the morning, and then a gent in the afternoon. A gent. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I yeah. did it. I I went to one of those um, academies or like the schools yeah. once. Just I kind of loved. This is more of it. Like I love that shit because I just want to ask them loads of questions. So this poor kid's trying to learn how to cut hair, and I'm like, so what are you doing? How, <laughs> how do you do that? And how does this work? And why is she working on that head over there? And what happens when you cut all the hair off the head? You know? Yeah. They yeah. get these. They get these um, mannequin heads. Yeah. And then they have to. Yeah. They and they have to learn the different haircuts in a particular way so that they can cut the hair. Oh yeah. You know, you start with the long, and then you work it up, and then you start working on men's hair after it goes to a certain or men's styles yeah. after it starts going to a certain level. And it is, like, actually. It involves angles and maths and like they were talking a language I didn't understand, you know, in what I imagined to be a very simple haircut. Like I had hair that was about three inches longer this morning and now it's about three inches shorter. It doesn't look drastically different than it did Mm. yesterday. But But there's all these kind of... Yeah, lots of like angling and parting and 
cutting things to match and but I love that don't you love it when they do the thing where they pull down your hair at the front to make sure that it's the same length and it's not like where you can't tell whether it is or not but it's the attention yeah. to detail you're like <laughs> yeah. these people totally they know what they're know. doing they're yeah. focused they're, like, yeah. they're doing yeah. that thing where they pull the hair down their intense yeah. focus on it mm-hmm. and also yeah just their intense focus on the whole like the tiniest little strands of your hair you know they're just really studying like the yeah and the little I always kind of think this is why I never look like this after I leave the hairdressers because yeah. I don't do that <laughs> no I'm fair I'm yeah. a wash and go kind yeah. of girl yeah. and I always say that when I go in I say I, I am not going to be sitting here blow drying my hair so do something <laughs> so, that, yeah I don't I don't yeah. want to cut that only looks good when you sit there and blow dry your hair because yeah. I can't mm. I don't have time for that no, 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 no. Or I'd be 15 minutes late every day. Yeah. Annie, you're wearing quite a nice dress today as well. Oh, thank you. Um, did you wear that on purpose so that it would kind of look good, complement the haircut? Yeah. Yeah? No, I wore this dress um, because, uh, well, I th- yeah, I like dressing up. Mm. That's one thing. And it still fits yeah. over the bump, so that's nice. And uh, my mom's friend made this for me. It's actually, oh. this dress has a good story. It's... Um, we were, all tra- we were all in India at Christmas a few years ago, and my friend Eliza, who I grew up with, and her parents were, were with us for Christmas. And Eliza was living in India for a year at the time. She had one of her mom's old dresses from the 70s, and I was, wore it a lot when I was down there, and I said, I love this dress. And Betsy said, well, let's go pick fabric, and I'll make it for you. So yeah. she made me a new dress. Nice. Wow. Uh, the mention of the bump there, just so you know, Michelle, is that Annie's pregnant. Um, I think she yeah, In case you're worried about wasn't, bringing it up, wasn't the big uh, lunch you had. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. It's a it's a. I love to freak people out though and be like, oh, burritos. Well, it's a tough <laughs> one, you know. Uh, yeah, I've yeah. had a, you know I've had both experiences where people are like really afraid to ask you and you're like no no I'm pregnant okay but I've also had people ask me if I was pregnant and I wasn't and I'm a bit really pregnant. oh my god like totally fuck you <laughs> but also it's much worse for them surely uh I don't, don't know you, you know like uh there was Mortified. one person who, who did it years ago years ago I can't remember where she was from she was from maybe Slovakia or somewhere like that and uh yeah she just you know like they can be very direct that you know Yes. Just kind of matter yeah. of fact, you either are or you aren't. Yeah. I don't care about your feelings. So she was like, oh. <laughs> like, okay. And I'm okay. like, oh my God. <laughs> oh God, yeah, it's the worst. I can't oh. just said that. Yeah. Oh, harsh. So that's great. How long are you? Uh, 24 weeks this week. Oh, exciting. Yeah. Cheapers. It's exciting. It's all happening. Yeah. I know. A lot of big life changes in 2016. Yeah. Haircuts. Mm. Baby. Um, Michelle has a daughter whose only interest is in art, as we discovered earlier. Oh, um, that's what yeah. I missed, huh? That's all she cares about. I went to see um, a house last night, and uh, the people we're buying the house from were home, and their adorable daughter, who's going to be three this weekend, and she found out my name was Annie and immediately started launching into her favorite song, which is Tomorrow. The fr- <laughs> only three lines, but over and over again. Nice. I mean... <laughs> I was a celebrity. She mixed it up and it wasn't what? let it go because of fairness. No, I totally thought I, w- I was ready is, when yeah. her dad said, oh, this is Annie and what's your favorite movie? I was like, oh, Rosen. But it wasn't. It but was it was actually wasn't. Annie. Yeah. Yeah. Was she trained in that to make the, it seem, the house seem cuter? Close the sale. Yeah. 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 Close the sale. Yeah, we're definitely just yeah, tomorrow. This house. I love it you produces, tomorrow. Like, you're only a day away. Yeah. yeah, this is all good. You too might have an adorable singing child if you move into this <laughs> yeah. house. It's the house that made that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, don't think it didn't work. 
<laughs> don't think Excellent. it didn't work. I like the fact like, that you're moving house as well as having Oh yeah, baby. probably Everybody and probably that. everything yeah. will happen at exactly the same moment. Yeah, do you know what the good thing about that is though? So you can't really lift things and you have a really good excuse not to. Yeah. So we moved house when I was pregnant as well and I was just like, like I'm not even making it up. I can't lift that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I can pack boxes. I will pack those boxes but I'm not lifting them. But I'm not yeah. going to do anything. I know. It's a good excuse because I think that um, I have never, I've only ever moved with a moving company once mm. and it wasn't even all of our stuff. It was a small van for just some of our bigger furniture. We don't own that much furniture yeah. at all. But this time it's going to have to be full on moving situation. And I think that's very luxurious. Mm. It's going to be one of those things where it's like, actually, no, we're going to have to call somebody who's going to give us proper boxes, like the boxes yeah. with the hanging rails in them. Because yeah. <sighs> we're not going to move again after this for a long time. So we better do the move right. Mark Canton, <laughs> you can come help. You don't even have to ask. You just oh, thank come you right so over. <laughs> and any of the listeners, I'll put the date up on yeah. our Twitter and you guys can absolutely just come. <laughs> yeah, proper furniture really movers. Yeah. You mean me and yeah. uh, my brother Ben. Yes. Yeah. And he's got a car and that'll mm -hmm. be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that should do it. I mean, it'll be a few trips, but it won't be bad. <clears throat> yeah, we'll take half of the it's stuff up and down apart. the canal. It's no just, problem. Yeah, 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 yeah no yeah. problem. We really don't own that much furniture, so we're going to be uh, knocking around an empty house because we won't be able to afford furniture either. So that's the other thing, <laughs> listeners. If anyone's got any furniture they yes. want. Donate. Furniture donation fund. I now understand why you do this program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're just looking for donations. Exactly. Oh, it's yeah. all coming together. You haven't yeah, gotten yeah. to the card yeah. yet, though, have you? No, we have not. Great. So, Should I ask um, questions or do you want to do it? Um, I'll, I'll do it. Okay. So, here are the questions. This is why you're really... First nervous. question is geography. Nervous? No. <laughs> uh, what country is thought to have the highest redhead population in the world? What country is thought to have the highest redhead population in the world? Mm. Well... They want us to say Ireland, but we're not going to say it's Ireland. Not, I don't think it is. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't have the highest population. It doesn't say percentage. Does it says it? the highest population. Highest redhead oh. population in the world, oh. so... It's got to be a fully, um, I mean, giant country then. Yeah, the states. Where do they have, have those people. like Australia? Uh, those um, redheaded yeah. gatherings? Oh, yeah. Jen's always posting that stuff <laughs> yeah. on on, on Probably often in Ireland. No. Yeah. I know there was one recently with somewhere slightly strange. But I, thought, like, I think there's one Scandinavian country that has lots of redheads, isn't there? But again, yeah. the population probably isn't as high as somewhere like the states where. Mm. But it wouldn't Australia. be there. Like you. But I'm also doubting uh, this card, <laughs> Trivial Pursuit, and thinking they probably mean per capita or per percentage, percentage uh, of the percentage population. As opposed but to But maybe, maybe not. Would it be Scotland? Does Scotland count as a country or is it? <laughs> Should I say that out loud? <gasps> yeah. Oh yeah. my God. They did both know. They did oh these, both these, Yeah, these cards are before that uh, vote anyway. Hmm. 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 <laughs> he looks... And he doesn't make a... I like to think Scotland. You are right, Michelle. Yes! Nice! Yes. Well I'm done. Right. Nice work. <laughs> yeah. Especially on geography. I know, who knew? Yeah. Jesus. Scotland. my calling. <laughs> yeah. It's not totally surprising, though, is it? No. Yeah, and I wonder again, is that per the percentage of the population? Mm -hmm. Because surely the States is going to have more redheads. Yeah. Just because it's... 
Have you ever contacted Trivial Pursuit with these kind of questions? I imagine we you have a lot of these kind of questions. In case we get a cease and desist. We don't want, we don't want to uh, wreck our year and a half long buzz yeah. that we've got going. I can show you're doing you, when you read out all our questions every week. You need to stop you, doing that. You people, yeah. yeah. We're not going to risk it. Just like saying that they're you wrong. Tell them you have an old version. It's like, well, this is a really old version. This really, yeah, it's really old. You don't use the same questions, right? Um, yeah. Redheads you have loved. Uh, did you hear about the the um, new, I think it's Tinder, one of these online dating things debacle? I just saw it this morning. Uh, they have a picture of a redheaded woman with freckles, and it was like, you know, find a match. Oh, it's match.com, I think. Find a match who loves your faults even if you don't. <laughs> Whoops. Ooh. Yeah. It's a bit so they're they're in trouble. Yeah, they're in trouble Racist. with the redheaded brigade. I think... This is my theory that it is a, it is actually comes from racism, the whole ginger thing yeah. and uh, uh, redheads. Because I think England is the home of that, and because the Celtic nations are more redhead, that it comes from thinking there's a higher chance that somebody's going to be a Celt because they're redhead. Mm-hmm. That's why I think it all stems from. I have no evidence for this. But that's it my theory. So plausible. It does. Like, oh yeah. my god. Yeah. But there are like, um, I have some very good redheaded friends. And, uh, <laughs> some of I my like best them. friends are redheaded. Some of some my best of friends my best are friends. have red hair. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that's you know. Yeah. You know, I stand up for them. We have this great book uh, called Freckle Face Strawberry that Julianne Moore wrote with um, uh, some other person um, who probably did the illustrations. But it's like this whole story about this girl who has red hair and lots of freckles yeah. and, and how she tries to um, hide them and wears a ski mask. And yeah, it's one of the favorites in our house. I bet. Yeah. How mm. old is your daughter? She will be six tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, birthday celebrations. So, so and she doesn't have red hair. Pretty intense. No, it's kind of, I suppose, when it's when it's kind of in the sun for a while, it goes kind of strawberry blonde. Mm. My partner would have been strawberry blonde nice. as well. I love strawberry yeah. blonde. I actually yeah. really have considered going red a few times. Mm. Not bright red, but adding red to the hair. Yeah. Obviously it didn't happen today. I definitely mm. did that when I was a teenager. I loved it. Did yeah. you? 15 to 18, the henna vibe all yeah. the way. I helped Jen put henna in her hair recently and I was like, oh, I love this. I forgot about the smell of it. It's so messy. Yeah. It's so messy. It's so messy. And scoopy. Yeah. But you just, yeah, you feel wonderful after it and it's so natural, you know? It's all natural. Exactly. It's all natural. You're not doing anything bad to the environment. Yeah. Nothing bad's going down the sink. Mark yeah. Anton, have you ever considered being a redhead? No. Maybe just a red stash? No. But if I was a redhead, I think it can be, I mean, there's plenty of Sexy redhead guys, I'm sure, but it, it's certainly easier for the redhead women. Yes. I think th- nobody's ever been like, oh, I wouldn't date a redhead girl. And even some guys are like, I just like redheads, I love them. Mm. Um, but if I was a but redheaded I think guy. Women have that about redheaded men. Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there, I, there's, there's some very attractive redheads out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I was a redheaded guy, I think I might highlight it to make it even more red or put in like, you know, yellow just to make it look even more fiery or stuff. Okay. You know, just really go really all go in. Really go for it. Yeah. 
But there are some. <laughs> Michelle is I, I think I, I think like, that would sound like a lot of hassle, and you probably wouldn't bother doing that. <laughs> Maybe that's true. Yeah. Maybe that's true. I used to babysit um, two little girls. I have a lot of gray hairs actually just cut across you, so Silver. they would die well. You know, they wouldn't would, they? You could go. Yeah, I you could mean, go you could red have, on the greys yeah. and mm-hmm. then just leave the I rest know, dark. Though, what I would think, be? What would I that, think uh, the, the greys better than the red? Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Kind of George yeah. Clooney vibe. Going also, on. I'm not sure that your skin tone would hold up to red hair, to be honest. Well. Elsie's got another hour left of her She's, exam. She needs another head in guy. there. <laughs> yeah. And so I go in and be like, hey, uh, psh, just wondering if you could throw a little hen on my head and see what happens. Yeah. Speaking of throwing uh, heads around, um, entertainment, who directed Raiders of the Lost Ark? I don't. Steven Spielberg? Yeah. I wanted to say that too. Yeah. 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 Steven Spielberg. Did he do two or three of the, three of the originals? Two? All four. Really? All four Indiana Jones films, I think. Really? Directed. Yeah, I think so. That seems unlike him. I mean, yeah, I suppose so. Doesn't... Yeah, he doesn't do a lot of sequels. Um, it is Senor Spielbergo. Um, so that's his Mexican name. Yeah. He yeah he did he did The Lost World, Jurassic Park, two as well. But then. Then he gave I don't up. Don't know if there's Schindler's List two. Not yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Can't wait. <laughs> That'll be hilarious. Um, or, <laughs> Schindler's List too. The Vietnam years. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's any other sequels that he's done. I have not... I can't remember which of the Indiana Jones I've seen and have not seen. I definitely have not seen all of them. Oh. No, I haven't. Or I've not seen all of them in full. So yeah, I have no idea bits. what bits fit with what actual film. Mm. Is Raiders of the Lost Ark is the one where the boulder is. Yeah. That's the boulder one, yeah. That's the boulder. And what's the snake pit one? That's Raiders as well. Okay, I've definitely seen Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Um, then he's in India for Temple of Doom, so he's fighting... I've only seen bits of that. I think no, they're I thuggies. Seen that. No. They're what? Thuggy. Oh, I thought you said folkies. They're like, the folkies. Um, Scary. Uh, they have the underground mine chase in that one as well, um, which they actually... They're in mine carts. I don't know if you've seen that part. Ah, yeah. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, you see, the problem with all those films is the kind of thing that you watch at Christmas and you're not really, you're just like, what's on? Yeah. Uh, that's a film that we can watch. Okay. And you usually yeah. start you somewhere go, in the middle. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 Oh, and also nobody really cares which one it is. It's no. just like, oh, it's Indiana Jones. We've watched that. <laughs> yeah, just watch him running around yeah. and you, you may people. have seen them all, but you just yeah. don't know because yeah. it was in that stupor of chocolate. And Third one has Sean Connery in it, so you'd remember that. Oh yeah, Indeed. yeah. What's Junior. what's his job in it again? Is he? Um, arche- he's an archaeologist. I think he. Yeah, is he an archaeologist too? Maybe. Yeah, he he's also looking for the um, for the um, Holy Grail. Oh, Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's the Last Crusade. Yeah, and you seem to know these films intimately, Mark. I do, although I haven't seen the fourth one because everyone says it's shite, so I've never seen it. Yeah, that's one with Kate Blanchett, isn't it? Yeah. Kate Blanchett as Baddie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one. No. But. Uh, I don't know what that beep was. Time's uh, up. Time's up. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Oh, uh, Harrison Ford was being interviewed once and he, uh, um, the interviewer said, well, you made Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was Lippman that uh, inside the actor's studio I said, you made Raiders oh, of the Lost yeah, Ark. Yeah. And, and Sean Connery is was this age when you made it and you were this age which means Sean would have had to been 12 years old when he 
when he impregnated your mother and uh, Harrison Ford said, well, you know, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. That was a good joke. Uh, next, we have history. But just barely. Microsoft <laughs> founder Bill Gates and Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg both dropped out of what university? Harvard. No. Harvard. Yeah. Harvard, yeah. yeah. Harvard, yeah. Both. Both. Harvard can't keep its geniuses. Harvard can't keep its geniuses. I know. Um, yeah. Because they're dissenters, you know? Yeah. They're dissenters. Why? Yeah, I didn't actually Zuckerberg realize. Bill Gates. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah. actually realize Bill Gates did drop out. That's news to me. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Interesting. Mm. I just feel like if you're in one of those places, four years is not that long. Like, you may as well just get the degree. You know, it seems like. Yeah, but if you've, I mean, it hasn't held in them college, back. college, like, it has not held them back. That is, that is fair enough. But you just feel like college is pretty easy. Like, it's a pretty good time. You know, you don't have to be in classes every day. And yeah. You know, you could get a degree in a year. Because they probably could. <laughs> yeah. But I suppose that's the thing. If you're so kind of, if you're, yeah, if I guess already why waste got the a money? Vision, yeah, if yeah, you've already got a vision driven. and what you're being taught you're not interested in or it doesn't relate to what you really want yeah then it can be hard to stick with it because you're just like going no this is yeah you're like actually i've got a company yeah. and i don't need to spend yeah. 65 grand a year or whatever yeah. it is to the to the harvard guy uh goodwill hunting you know you don't need to spend all this money to read a few books no nope. you know it's true it's a bit of a bit of true yeah Did and degrees matter less and less these days go to college michelle I went to a lot of college. Oh, did you? <laughs> a lot of college? A lot of college. In fact. Yes, in fact. Um, I started out on my journey of education in UCG, or what, what was called UCG back in the day. Um, and I did Italian and English literature for four years. Italian and English lit. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I did a postgrad in arts administration. That's how I got involved with the theatre set. Right. I worked in theatre for a while. And then I went back and studied art in NCAD for four years. Yeah. And then yeah. I did, and I'm still finishing, a master's in fine art that I have been doing in Holland. What? In a place called the Dutch Art Institute. Uh, for those that don't know, Michelle is 72 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. No, I literally, yeah. I love it, though. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it was great. Like going to Holland was a great decision because I had had, I suppose I had my child maybe three years before that. Mm. And um, I kind of felt like I needed a bit of a kick in the arse and I wanted to do a master's, but I didn't really want to do it in Ireland. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to do the, I'll go to London and blah, blah, blah. I wasn't like, there was no way that my, I was going to be able to uproot my life and do that. Yeah. So I found this course in Holland that is done on block. So you go for, I used to go for five, sometimes seven days a month. And um, yeah, it was all like crammed into that time. And I was like one of those commuters. So I'd get on a flight at six o'clock in the morning. I'd get to the door of the college by about 11 and I, uh, yeah, start, it, you know, the classes would start, they would keep going and then I would get on a flight at half eight on Friday evening. Oh, yeah, Friday evening. Not yeah. Monday to Friday. <laughs> not, no, not, where, not every um, day. Where in no. Holland was it? It was in Arnhem, which is kind of, um, it's kind of uh, south, 
middle, kind of close enough to the German border. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as far south as Eindhoven. But easy to fly there. Really easy. To, well, I used to fly to Amsterdam and sure their train network is incredible. So like I used to, I had it down pat. Like I used to sit up the front of the airplane. I would like fly off the airplane. I'd have one bag on my back. I would like speed walk through the airport and I would be down on the platform in time to get like the train that was 20 minutes later and yeah. get on that. And it was an hour to Arnhem. So it was all like seamless, you know, once you kind of knew, once you got into the flow. knew where everything was. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it was great. And right. like, you know, it's nice to, I, I really just wanted to have, see what it, what was happening in, on the mainland of yeah. Europe. Yeah. And, um, you know, just have different kind of influences come to bear on what I do, you know, because like I studied in NCAD and um, I didn't really want to, I didn't want to study with the same people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I suppose I had been... It's important to get out and find out what other people are doing, I think, in any kind of course, if you're going to be paying for it and working with people, that's the brilliant thing about masters or any kind of Mm. postgraduate thing is the connection that you make with other people. Yeah, yeah. It like it mm. wasn't um wasn't easy though either in the sense that like you are like it kind of used to feel like a dream, you know, that I would go over there this whole whirlwind of like yeah. stuff just being pumped into your brain and then I would like go home and be like did, did that happen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll just make dinner now. What? <laughs> yeah, now I'll be a mom again. Yeah, you know, so it, th- that was uh, kind of, that's a very kind of a weird thing to deal with. And then sure, I got a job teaching myself. And so it's all kind of like, kind of became a little bit more difficult. But as an experience, it was really nice was it thing a year? to do. Two years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Two years. Two years and and then I kind of bought myself a bit of extra time to do my thesis because I just didn't. Because why not? Yeah, there was a lot going on. But it's it was great. I really enjoyed it. Really interesting people, met really interesting people. And it's weird how all the things connect, though. Like suddenly you're like, oh, you, you know, what are you doing here? <laughs> you used to be in Ireland. Oh, you, you're also in Ireland. So Really yeah. mad. So they're, they're, it, it's, it's like anything. I'm sure theatre is a bit like that as well. You know, like once you, you realise that there are all these connections, you know, that yeah. that's just one big kind of network. Yeah. 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 Speaking of theatre and theatre connections, um, so I know you, Michelle, through um, our mutual friends, Jen and Lian and stuff. But do you remember how you reacted to meeting me for the first time? Do you remember meeting me for the first time? Oh, oh my God. No. This is so embarrassing. I, I, I can't re- even be here for this. <laughs> I remember because <laughs> um, it's one of the best introductions I've ever had to somebody. <laughs> so I met you at, uh, at a show or after a show or before the show. I think after a show in the project and Jen introduced us. I think she said, uh, this is Michelle Brown and this is Mark Canton. And you turned to me and said, oh, my God, you're Mark Canton. <laughs> I was like, whoa, I'm famous. This is amazing. I was like, do what, you, what were you famous for? Yeah, I was like, do you, what did she, she enjoyed one of my scripts or she, she listened to my podcast. No, it was just that Jen had told you stories about And then Mark Canton said this in the past or something and you'd find you'd never actually run into me. I kind of was starting to believe maybe that you didn't exist. I was like, it's you, yeah. that, that guy who figures in all of those stories from Trinity. <laughs> Like what? Yeah, he, yeah. He, yeah. It so you are famous guy. in a way. Don't famous you know, in a way. Just not yeah. for anything Through you've done. Folklore. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 You're a you're a, a man of legend. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's okay. You should put that on your business. I wish it that made that you feel everyone. special, right? It did. Yeah. yeah I think everyone I should. I feel good about that now because I wasn't that sure. I was well, like, I told actually, oh I told my God. now husband that the night that I met him, I was like, we both we both heard so much about each other and had never met. Mm. And it was like, it was sort of, he was like, God, I've heard so much about you. And I was like, yeah, me too. It's kind of like meeting a celebrity. Like we knew about each other. Mm-hmm. And it was, was sort of like that. So you were both starstruck. We were both kind of like, wow, it's you. And then I, neither of us fancied each other right away. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that can happen. Maybe I'm speaking for myself. I mean, obviously yeah, he did. <laughs> I think he did. I think he did. <laughs> well, when you tell someone again, like this, like when you tell someone that you think they're a little bit of a celebrity, immediately they're going to fall in love with you. It's the best way. Like you just said, basically. Yeah. Like it's a great way to meet somebody to be like, oh my God, you, <laughs> you, <laughs> um, the next is arts and literature. What does PS stand for at the end of a letter? Postscript. Postscript. Oh, is it not? Psst? Psst. It's not like psst, a little whisper psst. at the end. Of- <laughs> Come here. Come here. I just wanted. I just wanted to let you know. I just wanted to let you know. Breed can't make it on Thursday. (laughs) It should be that. Yeah, it should be that. Yeah, postscript is so boring. Changing it to that. Yes, it is postscript. I can kind of imagine you now, like, because you told me that story about adding people's names to songs. I can now imagine you with all of your emails, like, making the sound of... It's weird that we um, write letters on a computer or in an email, but still add in PSs. Yeah. Even though, like, it used to be that, oh, I've, I've signed it and I forgot to mention this thing. But it's now, it's like... It's like a, you can just put it back up You the could just put email. it back up there. Yeah. But for some reason, it still, it feels like you should, uh, you know, does feel like... I like a, it, though. It's like a little special bit of, yeah. you know, yeah. and then this other thing. It's always nice <laughs> yeah. to actually, like, yeah. scan an email and see a PS. It's like, yes. Yes, there's more. <laughs> bonus. It's like yes. bonus features. Yeah. Guess who's getting a new car or something. Yeah. P.S. I'll, I'll see you at 3 Do you ever send letters? I started, um, I started writing letters with my sister. So I, um, I ha- have, yeah, like there's five kids in my family, but um, I, I have two triplet sisters. I'm a triplet. What? And, um, so, You're a triplet. Holy yeah. cow. I can't believe it's taken us this long to yeah. get to that fact. <laughs> yeah, Wait, that, it is, are they that's unusual. identical or non-identical? Well, well you know, wow. uh, yeah, te- technically two of us are, are identical and one isn't, I think. But my yeah. mother won't really tell us who, why, she won't tell us who. She, <laughs> she won't tell you. Because she's afraid that someone will feel left out. Can you not figure it out yourselves? Ah, yeah, well, like we have our guests. You know, I clearly am an individual. Alike, but, uh, huh? Yeah, all look very yeah, alike. Yeah. We were really alike when we were kids as well, okay. particularly um, triplets. Jesus bless your mother's heart. Yeah. So I, uh, but I didn't know this. If I waved at your sisters on the road, you might have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't live here, but the thing they both well, they both were living in Singapore for uh, recently for um, for a while, and then but they both have lived outside of Ireland for a long time. Mm. So Catherine lived in Dublin maybe in two thousand and one, two thousand and two. But after that, she Banished. was gone. See you later. Sorry, there is And room. where do you guys fall in your family? In the middle. So I have an older sister and a younger brother. She can't believe she went again after she had triplets. I know, it was for the boy, I'd say. They <laughs> were like pushing for the boy. Thank God she got him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the boy. God, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but in fairness. We have a baby boy in our family too. Two, two <laughs> you girls don't, and a boy. You don't say seem no more. happy about say it. Say no more. No, I just think, you know, if you're in a family of girls and then a boy arrives. 
you kind of know you know what's yeah, going on you know what that yeah. is well I'm, I'm the reverse of that you are you're the opposite my family is not me i'm not the girl at the end okay back off yeah. But anyway, I started writing letters to my uh, to um, one of my sisters who lives in Singapore because she also travels a lot for her job. So it's very hard to catch her. And then we were, you know, are you just we've trying been to Skype establish for a like a connection? To be like, come on, yeah, we're the ones who are connected. Come on, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. it's, 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 it's We're actually from the same yeah, age. Oh, um, no, but you know, like you use Skype. Like I, I remember the first time I started using Skype to talk to them, and it was I was on um, I was on Erasmus when I was doing my degree in NCAD. I was on Erasmus in Germany. I was like, this thing is amazing, you know. I was really like, and I was literally yeah. like, going, we are in Star Trek. This is Star Trek, <laughs> yeah. you know, because yeah. like it really was. I remember when it first came out. I was like, this is what they did. Remember in the eighties, we were watching <laughs> yeah. it, and I was going, this is going to happen. It's going to be incredible. And here we are talking to each Look other at us through the computer. All together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the thing about it now is it's like you're so, I don't know, it, it's very hard to have a real conversation yeah. on Skype because you're just so kind of like, oh, Jesus, you know. Really? And there's all this other distracting stuff. It's a bit funny um, with Skype that you're having a conversation with someone who, like they haven't fixed this yet where you're having a conversation who's constantly looking at your chin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know, because the camera's always above, so you're always just looking down below yeah. the person and you have to kind of make a concerted effort to kind of look up to and then you know yeah yeah and then I always like will check myself as well which is completely distracting well you're also just like, my sisters will call me like really early in the morning and stuff and I'll just be like oh god and then I'll kind of catch a glimpse <laughs> and it's like I just got up oh god you know um, but anyway do you look at them the and you're like things, this you know? is what I'll look like in five hours time because they're <laughs> <laughs> no they're you ahead. know I do you know it's often good for haircuts and you know <laughs> yeah. you're like oh, yeah, I suppose I could do that um and like, it's funny because when I, I, um, yeah, I recently got a haircut and I came home and my daughter was like, you look like Auntie Catherine and Auntie Marie. <laughs> and like, mm, <laughs> funny you should yeah. say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's just, you know, I think it's hard to kind of maintain a real conversation with someone about what they really feel about their life as opposed to, I just did this and I just did that. So the letters are useful for that. Uh, yeah. you kinda I go, think that's probably true. Yeah. I kind of go, oh yeah. Well, let's crack on to science and nature. What is the main ingredient in a jar of Marmite? um, Brewer's yeast. Trick question. It's glass, of course, because of the jar. Uh, Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I need to buy Marmite. Thank you for reminding me. Note to self. I I actually don't know. Yeah. Brewer's yeast. I think it's brewer's yeast. Yeah. What is brewer's yeast? So it's the runoff of brewing beer. Really? Um, yeah, basically. And oh, yeah. they needed to do something with all of it. And it was discovered that it actually has lots of um, very potent B6 vitamins. It's actually quite good for you. It has no alcohol. Um, and it is tart and tangy. And during World War <laughs> just One, like me. or just like <laughs> me, during World War One or Two, um, the British decided it was a good substitute for salt and B vitamins for um, soldiers. So they started just bottling it, basically. And then we have Marmite. How the hell do you know that? <laughs> I can't this remember. This is what I always want to know. No, I know, I know why I know yeah. it. I know I know it. Because uh, when I moved to England to do my master's, 
I didn't know what Marmite was. We don't have it in the United States, really. So you actually looked it up. <laughs> I asked a friend and I was like, and a friend of ours knew all about it because he was a big Marmite fan. Wow. Yeah. And I, and I am actually now a huge Marmite fan myself. Really? Mm-hmm. But it is an acquired taste. It is. It's a very acquired taste. Like it is quite salty, but quite um, deep tasting. If that's the right word. Like it's is marmite. Like you can make it into a broth as well. Can you? You can stir it into a broth. Yeah, or spread it on things. Yeah, Yeah. spread on things. My preferred method is um, a lot of butter and a lot of melty marmite, and it's salty and yeah, tangy is not the right word, but it. It's kind of like Worcester sauce, I guess, is a similar kind of taste sensation. Yeah. Is it similar to Bovril? No, Bovril's made from beef. Yeah. Cows. Cows feet, actually, yeah. Um, and, and that's a salty, beefy thing. But it doesn't taste similar? No. Okay. And Bovril is what you would make like a soup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Vegemite is the Australian version, but for whatever reason is more pasty and less goopy, and I think not as good. I can't believe you know this much about it. I'm really impressed. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the shit that I don't understand about kind of trivia pursuit. I'm always like, why do they know that information? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's not useful to me in my life on a day-to-day basis. It is now, though. Maybe yeah. it was, you Do you know, know what? When I was first pregnant, all I wanted to eat was uh, Marmite and cheese. Wow. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Well, Seedling. speaking of knowledge and how do you know things, um, sports and leisure, let's see if we know this. How much did Ken Bates pay to buy Chelsea Football Club? Whoever Ken, Ken Bates is. But Ken Bates doesn't own it now because doesn't the Russian guy own it? What's yeah, his name? I think so. Yeah. And he's owned it for a long time. So Ken Bates yeah. must have bought it a at while least ago. Or 90s probably. Yeah, or who knows? Could have been the 60s. Could have been 60s. For all we know. I have absolutely no, no idea. Fucking no idea. I mean, like, I don't care. Well. <laughs> I'm going to say something crazy like three pounds. Mm, that could be a good guess. You have bid too high. Oh, is it a too pound? High. Yeah, one pound. Oh. One pound there you go. for Chelsea Football Club. Did it say why? I'm sure there's Didn't some story about that, but it does not tell us. us. None of us want that <laughs> yeah. one. Marmite yeah. is where my knowledge stops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed that you had that weird knowledge, though. I like oh, that. Thank you. Mm. Um, you know nothing about Chelsea Football Club? Soccer? No, nothing. No. I have no interest. Yeah, really. Fair enough. No, what sport do you love to watch more than play? To watch? I know. I'll watch football. Like okay. watching football. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I'm kind of one of those the World, World, World Cup people. Yeah, I love the World and Cup. And I kind of get into it. I particularly like shouting at the television. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, my father is a big shout, or used to be, not so much now, um, but used to be a big shout at the television fanatic so I um, picked that up from him so like often when the World Cup comes around um, Sean my partner will be like I don't understand why you're at this and I'll be like come on what are you doing what do you think that was you know and I'll be roaring and like like I know what I'm talking about and he'll just be like I don't understand why you think one that's appropriate or two you have like any right to be saying them like that's what you do right that's that's what (laughs) you're supposed to get into it you should I think we should shout at plays, but not necessarily at the characters, at the actual acting. Like, fuck a good acting. Yes, get in there. Nice lights, nice lights, nice lights. <laughs> Those would be good. Yeah, Sound be, effects yeah. would be a good one. Sound sure. effects. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was a real car. I thought that was a real car. Get in there, director. Nice one. Um, Love that bit of blocking. <laughs> Class. 
Well, we uh, discussed some of your exhibitions. Is there anything else you'd like to plug? Or can people find you on Twitter or that mm. kind of thing? Or Facebook? Or Yeah. Um, Do you have a website? I have a website. It's michellebrown.net. Yeah. Net. There'll be a show in Brown Galway. with an E on the end. Brown Ooh, with an E. Sneaky yeah. E. There's also a show coming up during the Galway Arts Festival. Oh, yeah. That, What's that? Uh, it's called Border Crossings. That's um, a show that we um, first did in Australia in February, March. So just back from there. And it's um, a show with three Australian artists and three Irish artists looking at kind of issues around um, histories of colonisation and, um, you know, Conflict and kind yeah. of shared histories around that. So that's going to be a big be fuck the, the Brits show. <laughs> a big oh, fuck yeah. the Brits show. Well, it's also a bit kind of like, you know, how you become complicit in it. When, like the Irish people like became complicit yeah. in um, what was happening in Australia afterwards as well. So there's really interesting, interesting. stories. Oh, cool. There's a woman called Yuani Scarce who um, has uh, the work is about her. Um, great-grandmother, great-great-grandmother who was called Dinah and she was an Aboriginal woman who had a relationship, well, relationship, had sex with whether she wanted to or not, I don't know, but with this guy called Patrick Coleman who was a, a twin and the two brothers went out to, as uh, surveyors, um, to uh, Tasmania or Van Diemen's Land and they basically um, kind of plotted that whole I- island but apparently also populated it while they were there. Yeah. So there's like all of these little, uh, you know, Coleman children knocking around, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, so those are the days when yeah. you could populate an island. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We just yeah. go and nobody. Could you imagine coming from like really repressive Ireland to heading out there and just being like, "Come Mare. on, come here, you, Mare. you're one, Mare. we'll do." Yeah, exactly. Um, well, uh, Michelle, thanks for very, very much for being on Trivial Cahoots. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Yep. Sorry, I was late. Oh. Oh. No problem. You so embarrassing. Um, that's it. That's Anything it. we need to plug? May 9th. May 9th. Yeah, we're doing Tiny is doing show in on show on May 9th. So get your start uh, thinking about that pencil. Save that the in. date. Save yeah. the friggin' date. Yeah. Apart um, from that, and yeah, start. Um, if don't throw out any furniture and yes. keep some time in the summer, early summer for moving. Yeah. That's that's what I'm plugging. Yeah. Super duper. Until next time. Bye everyone. Bye. Cheerio. Headless and all alone